0: are here we're, we're live <laughs> i was teaching at the student center uh, i was teaching students uh what was it wednesday night i guess and uh i was i caught myself saying is this live or is it memorex and that's I a real realized, statement i was like they have no concept of what i'm talking about live and, and so i had to explain what the difference is and i was like we each have these things called cassette tapes you know and then i was like y'all even know what a cassette tape is because to them they don't even know about cds they're in the streaming world man we're old we're we're getting there pretty fast well i'm
1: identifying with all the older people that i used to look at and go y'all have no clue about anything that's a real worldly perceptive by the way because they were looking at me going no you You don't don't have a clue." (laughs) but
0: it's uh it's good to be here we're going to talk today actually we're Tim and I are just working through um, a topic. That's what we're going to be doing today. So oh, it won't necessarily be as polished as usual, but you're going to kind of get to see a window into our process, which is probably... Oh, man, that's scary by itself. Um, but uh, working through this idea of what it looks like to develop spiritual discipline um, of, of following God's will, figuring out and following what it is that God wants you to do while you deal and wrestle with all of the stuff that's inside of you that you either know or think you know or is that a decent summary yeah and
1: sometimes you don't know so it's about taking those things that keep you from pursuing god and we're you know like this even sounds academic at least in my own walk half the time i didn't know that i was I thought I I wanted to obey. Sometimes I thought I was obeying, but really I wasn't because I was trying to hang on to something of some way I wanted it to be or not let go of some comfort or whatever. That's the part that I wouldn't discipline. And that's not always a big thing. It's these little things. And as God is sanctifying us, so you're saved and he's changing, he's bringing out what he has put in our part of that is when we recognize something about ourselves is to submit that and let go of it and follow what he has no matter how we think it's going to be negative or difficult
0: yeah we're going to and we're going to give some examples we're going to read out of first corinthians chapter 2 and then we're going to talk about some of our own personal examples and some biblical examples um, of of what it kind of looks like when someone's confronted with a truth that god wants them to obey and then they are also confronted with their reality of their situation, um, or the reality of what they think the situation is going to be like, or how they've got it figured out. And then there's a decision that has to be made: Do I follow with abandon, or do I lean over? Lean to my own understanding is what you know we find in the scriptures. Yeah. And um, as always, before we get too deep, if you're out there watching, um, make a comment on there. Let us know you're watching. It really does help us to know that people are out there and paying attention. And, uh, and it also just helps us on Facebook and YouTube and all that kind of stuff to know that they're out there. Before we also jump into the rabbit hole, tomorrow morning, if you are still interested in... Um, hello, Miss Waycaser. Um, <laughs> if you're uh, interested in the uh, our How to Study the Bible workshop, um, we're going to be doing that at the Bridge Fellowship tomorrow from 8 to 1. Lunch is provided. Um Sean's going to put the registration link in the comments and uh, if you want to to go there's still time and, and really we're just asking you to register so we can make sure we have enough food for lunch and uh, but we'll have extra books and, and things and we're going to be we're gonna be firing up at eight o'clock and uh, we've already got a pretty good sized class and so but there's still room so if you want to, to jump in on that please do that and uh, and we'd love to have you. Um, you want to just read the passage?
1: Yeah, so, and there's, this is actually some things that we've been talking about over time, too. So he's talking about new believers, and he's also talking about matured believers. And the reason I bring that out is, is because... Who's he? Paul. Okay. uh, He's talking about how he addressed new believers, and then he's talking about how he addressed uh, uh, more matured believers, you know, which we entitle elder and some other things like that at some level or another and uh the point of it is is that and i'm about you know when i start getting into the academics and reading the scriptures and reading whatever it is i read i start coming to these conclusions that there is some magic place that i can make a decision or see something god's showing me and i'm never going to make any more bad decisions after that and that's not how it works so i say that as an encouragement right so I'm prefacing that to, to say that that's that's one of the points that he's saying here but in the end it's all
0: about learning how to deal with things from spiritual eyes and that's so, you know that's really what we we talk about ad nauseum. i mean it, it always comes back to having a spiritual eye David i don't know at the beginning of every sermon i, I appreciate he always prays know give me spiritual eyes open my spiritual ears help me to hear um, what it is that you're saying because and especially in the culture we live in it's really easy to think we see or see God doing something or saying something, and then we immediately filter it through whatever our expectations are, um, and and we start qualifying things. Well, I would do that, God, but That's you know exactly what we're going to be talking about. It's almost about. like we're saying to the Lord, "I I would obey you, but there's just things about this situation you don't understand." I mean, we would never say that out loud. <laughs> but we say that with our actions Um, yeah I'm seeing a little bit of that I don't know Tim and I were talking and if you're watching if you've been watching what's going on at Asbury College I don't know what day we're in yeah yeah Um, I don't think we're in day. are we in day seven maybe there's a revival that started up just kind of real day seven Sean. six or seven could call it natural so anyway well there was a chapel service and the spirit of the Lord just started moving and this happens every so often. as a matter of fact i believe i just shared the article it was like in the 1950s maybe it was 1975. it happened at asbury college before mm. and uh, we've had it at brownsville revival you've got the kansas city awakening there was one in uh not in florida somewhere. Florida, yeah i don't remember what city it was in but uh it happens uh you had the great awakening it happened you know and what you'll it's interesting to see as the, the spirit begins to move hey miss frankie Polly, how are you nice thanks for watching um is everybody now take? all right the spirit's doing this thing and then we start laying over that what we think the spirit is able to do oh yeah and then we start going yeah but the, i'm sure that's great but and i'll jump ahead a little bit before we get in the passage because there's a great spirit scriptural uh example is when it's cornelius we were talking about that before we got on air Peter's having his prayer Cornelius long story short God says Peter go talk to this guy he's going to get saved or just he didn't even tell him that he just is like I'm supposed to come find you right and Cornelius says oh you're just supposed to share with us they didn't really have a plan they both just were told this is what you're going to do yeah and when Cornelius sent people it was a very specific thing go to this Simon's house the the a very specific one simon the tanner over by the sea it wasn't like you know the simon over on the west side of town who (laughs) happens to be a butcher it was the simon over by you know it was very specific and he did that and then he preaches the spirit falls cornelius and all of his house get saved not only they get saved they receive the holy spirit well then he goes back to the guys goes back to the council and we've talked about this before but this is a great example what happened well i preached to them spirit they receive the holy spirit just like us holy mackerel and then all the brothers start saying
1: nah "Nah."
0: (laughs) they're gentiles and you know it's almost like everybody's like wait a second they have to do this xyz be there seen that it would it would be the equivalent of being in like an old school baptist church and some saying well they started speaking in tongues well wait a second (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh you know or or, or we cast yeah. out a demon or somebody got healed or or even something like that and it's like well you know then you start gonna have and that's kind of yep. what we're talking about is how do you discern what god's doing how do you have kingdom vision that's why we talk about it all the time and what does it look like and i know there's people and that's when we're going to get into this text is what really hit me in this text and i highlight some stuff and in it first corinthians 2 where we're at is people tim think I can't do that. I can't have that level of discernment. Yeah. And it's not true. And what I'm
1: saying is that's learned. It is learned. And not in a bad way. But it's possible. Oh, yeah. And that's where faith is. You accept that fact and you say, okay, well, I don't get it and I don't even like it, but obviously it must be. So, uh, I'm going to read this in New Living Translation. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so this is Paul writing. When I first came to you, dear brothers, and actually this is on the tail end of them. I am of Apollos, and I am of yeah. They were having trouble.
0: This is the first letter to Corinth to the Corinthians. When he's really fixing to get on.
1: Yeah. So he says, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. And. What I have to interject there is, is that he could have. Well-educated,
0: yeah, all that kind of stuff. Sophisticated guy. He, is he saying, I dumbed this down for you? I don't know that he's saying that. Well, if he that was, that deliver, just, if he was
1: delivering an earthly uh, or a worldly message of some sort, I don't mean you know trying to explain God, he was giving an academic presentation, he would say, yeah, I'm dumbing this down. But spiritual things are not really on a level of dumber, dumber.
0: Well, I think he's setting them up for what I taught you is not so complicated that you can't do it. Yes, that's, and that's, that's, how, that's what I meant. I put it on the bottom shelf for you.
1: So he said, I didn't use lofty words and impressive, impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything I've ever known about church.
0: And it doesn't say this. I'm filling this part in. Yeah, gonna, yeah make that distinction when you stop reading. <laughs>
1: yeah. So he says, For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And that means something coming from this guy if you read his, his conversion function. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the
0: Holy Spirit. Now, cross-section that with what we're accustomed to in our culture.
1: Well, and... I, no, don't. don't well, no, That's I, a rabbit hole. I'm sorry. It is kind of a rabbit hole, but... Don't
0: go down the hole.
1: So here's the simple version of it. We don't always mean it like we're trying to counter that. But in an effort to do with our limited capacity and we're jumping ahead maybe, you can come to the conclusion. He says here that I I relied, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom but in the power of God. So if I'm trying to convince you about who God is... And I have some limited knowledge. I'm trying to put that based on my knowledge instead of just saying, like the story you just gave. I don't know. I, God told me to go talk to these guys. I went and told them what I've contended with. And a response came out of that. Yeah. And he went back to his brothers and said that. And some of the brothers, not all of them, that's when they went, ah, that can't be. That's, that's relying on how the human wisdom has to dictate how God moves. And Peter, in this, or not Peter, but Paul, is saying, well, what he didn't say was, I could have come and given you all the stuff and made it fit, and it's perfect, and shows this. Uh, well, by, it, I, I got a great
0: example. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm taking a class and I'm pursuing my doctorate, and one of the classes I'm in right now, kind of in a preparatory deal, we got into this discussion, and it's a theology class, about the age of the earth. And we've spent, there's been volumes written, about. but it. In the, even in this, in this class is kind of a, it's not really a survey course, but it's nearly a survey course. It's kind of a high level basic stuff. We've dug in hours worth of discussion and the entire quiz nearly that we're having this whole week is about the age of the earth and getting it right. And I noticed in the discussion, a couple of things come up. Number one, everybody just almost to the person was like, this is really not a critical issue. Why are we, and I even tagged the professor and was like, I'm really surprised that we're spending this kind of time and energy on this very narrow topic as if it were foundational to, and and I believe you could be old earth, young earth and all that and still get to the gospel. Yeah, And it's important to understand what Genesis 1 is saying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not a critical issue. In that discussion, here's my example. One of the ladies that's in our class, and she's, she's younger, and I'm the old guy in the class. It's a, it's a first semester master's level class that I'm taking, even though I'm yeah, I, it's a leveling class I've got to go back and take because I didn't take it. And they're all in their early to mid-20s, most of them. Mid-20s, maybe mid to late would be better. And she makes this statement about apologetics. Now, apologetics is simply the defense of the faith. You know, yeah. like systematically, either and sometimes scientifically, but really making the case. You know, what was it, Lee Strobel, that do the case for Christ? Mm, yeah, and yeah. you know, I mean, it's and it's it's a good discipline. It's a it's a great. I mean, I, I do I do apologetics. but she makes this statement that we have to be versed in apologetics in order to share the gospel so that people may be saved because unless we can really explain the science and the philosophy and all of this, people are not gonna get saved unless we can do that well. But to me, I'm not saying that's our bad things, but they're not necessary things. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I could have come in here apologetically and given you all the science. I could have tied all the philosophy together for you, but I didn't do that. I gave it to you really simple so that you would know that the, the Lord was, that, that the Spirit was teaching you, and not all of this wisdom that I imparted to you. Does that
1: make sense? And hold on to that part of the story, because I'm fixing a, I can I can make a contrast on that in a good way. So in verse 6, he says, so he said he came to these people, and he just basically preached a very simple gospel. He could have done something completely different, but he didn't do that. Uh because I I can tell you because he knew that I'm just gonna listen to the Spirit because he'd been trained that way by God, yeah, that he could let all that other stuff go and go in unknowing. And he said that he went in uh timid and trembling because he walked into a place where he decided I'm not gonna go in on my strengths. Lord, you gotta give it to me or it's gonna fall apart. So simple stuff right he says in verse 6 yet when i am among mature believers i do speak with words of wisdom but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten no the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of god his plan that so matt and i sat in here just a little while ago and we do this all the time and we're fleshing things out or trying to on something because we're looking for that mystery of god not magic but sometimes you can see things and understand things through what he has brought you through and you can look over a bigger picture and start seeing how he worked in places and so in this particular instance i'm not going to take my wisdom and come to the conclusion of what god's doing because sometimes god does stuff and in your limited wisdom, you look at it and you measure it and you go, ah, God would never do something like that. <laughs> when you look on the bigger picture, you're going, well, maybe he does, but he doesn't violate who he is when he does
0: those things. And we don't catch that part. Well, and and really a lot of it comes down to us trying to answer the question, what is it that God's doing right here? Whether it be a really positive thing or a negative thing or just a, a whatever, we're asking the question, what is God doing? And we're going to try to figure that out. I know... Uh, with our situation with Brenna you know if you mm-hmm. watch and you don't know Brenna is going to be 16 in May uh, special needs she's about a two-year-old mentally and uh, takes a lot of care and there's a lot of times we come up with this question you know what's God doing here one of the things that that has brought us as a family is the opportunity to speak to other parents that have special needs children um, and and to be around that community um, and and they're also asking those same questions a lot of times, especially if they're believers or they're seeking, you know, what's God doing here? Why this? Why that? And my knee-jerk reaction is oftentimes to jump into the deep end with them in terms of, you know, speaking about faith and perseverance and all those kind of things. And, and, uh, And there's a place for that. But it takes discernment that there are people and places and times where they're not really ready for that deeper talk yet. Hmm. And I, I see him making kind of a distinction here a lot like that. Because when I'm with certain people, there are things we talk about, but it's not—it's still not this academic yes. explanation. It's talking about things on a different level according to God's divine wisdom. And if you're not a mature believer, a lot of times, you like you just said, you miss it. You, you're not going to get it. And you can talk all day long to somebody who's not a mature believer, and they're not going to get it. And I think he's making the case here that I'm coming at you the way I'm coming at you because you're immature.
1: Well, so the example you gave of the young lady that said you have to know these things, or you're basically you're going to get it wrong if you do it, and right. then hellfire is going to come get you. That's manly wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. And I'm not I'm not talking down about her, but my point is is that. Uh, looking at her spiritually okay so this is looking from like the example i gave earlier when i was younger i'd look at the old people and go man y'all don't have a clue and actually that was the other way around right. right that's what that scenario is and i think most people would would agree with that but that doesn't mean that she's wrong it means that that's where she's at and she's trying to analyze and make sense of it and she has a more of a worldly background because her spiritual side is still working, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where she started. Don't get don't get caught up on that part. It sounds like God is working her right where she's at, and it's okay that she thinks that way and trying to convince her different and all that. Man, if her heart's perfect, yeah, <laughs> he'll bring her out of that, and she'll be able to look back and go because I I know this, you do too, because I can look back and I was a lot like that line of thinking. Yeah. Well, and it didn't disrupt
0: are. the in-kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another example. Same discussion, age of the earth discussion. Um, there's these two theories. You know, one of the heavier ones is like Tim Mackey adopts this thing. It's called the age the age day theory, I think it is. It's like the evening and the morning of the first day is actually a really long period of time. Well, if you're a young earther, that freaks you out. Yeah. Well, there's this other one um, that's called the... Uh, Oh, I can't even remember the name of the theory now, but the theory basically says, because what people would say was like, but wait a second, we have this fossil record that shows all of these years, what in the world? And and the theory says God created the world in six days, but he created it to look like it was really old. Mm -hmm. Like he created Adam as an adult, not as a baby. And the theory is, is that he created the fossils so that we would have a fossil record to look at. And the argument against that that the author was making in our textbook was like it it makes God a deceiver and all this stuff and <laughs> and and of course everybody kind of glommed on that and and I threw this thing out into the into the the discussion was like I don't have a problem with that that theory and I don't think it makes God a liar either and somebody answered me back and was like tell me you know what your thoughts on that. and I just said I'm not saying he did it that way I'm just saying. I don't care if he did. Yeah, he could do it if he wanted to. Why do you think that he wouldn't do that? And, and they're like, "Oh, it makes him a deceiver." And I said, "No, your human understanding of what deception is and what whatever would say God's a deceiver if he does." I said, "But you have to flip that and say, if that's the way he did it, so be it."
1: Well, there was eternal rightness in it, if
0: that was the fact. That's what I'm saying. And you have
1: to accept that.
0: And that was my point. But yeah, I was, yeah, the, yeah. The point yeah. I was getting to get to that same lady responded and said, I initially rejected that theory. She said, I never thought about it from a standpoint of could it, would it, should it. But wow. but from looking at the from looking at the standpoint of if he did, so what, which is actually setting her up for the next discussion we're going to have, which is about the sovereignty of God. We're getting into predestination, double right, predestination. Right, right. And my whole thing is about, and, and we get into this, is we can think about how we think things ought to be But it takes discipline, is what you've been saying the whole time, to stop what we think things ought to be and look at the text, the spirit, the circumstances. But how are they?
1: Well, and you may not even get those answers in black and white, right? You can listen to people like I'm going to sound like I'm. We're talking. I'm talking big about me and you, but you could listen to Matt and I talk and having a younger bunch of people around, and yeah, we have time and all that. Call it wisdom, whatever you want. Uh, But there's times where even well now i hear something that's going on somewhere or something's happening with me and i'm or in my family you know the same things buzz through my head how's god working this oh he would never do something like that or he would be this and i have to shake that out of my head and i just believe that he is watching and containing what i have even if i do something wrong yeah. And you can say, he, oh, God doesn't do that. Well, you better throw the whole Testament out then because that's not true. And I'm not trying to be ugly about that. So this very thing that we're talking about, God doing something and you get up on the edge of your chair because of what you think you know. So in Genesis 21, uh, we've had God's made the promise that he's going to have a son and all this stuff, right? He being a- Abraham. Abraham, right. And then... Uh, Sarah and Abraham try to make God's promise come true. Hagar comes into the picture, and Ishmael is born. Now, Hagar was not a what do they call him? Uh, concubine. Concubine. He was. She was uh, a wife. A a, a joy woman. <laughs> it, it, yeah, they, that was his wife, right? Well, we can't even comprehend the fact of having two wives. You know that that that. No,
0: no, we can't.
1: Well, and I'm talking about from a you know that that spiritual connection if you've been married any length of time at all you can start grabbing that anyway uh 13 years later Isaac's born so and and it says that Sarah watched Ishmael making fun of Isaac who knows why but it ticked her off and she looked at Abraham and said you get that woman and that kid out of here well so we can read that and look at it from 30,000 feet and go, well, obviously they screwed up and she has to go. We have to look at it, how God intervened in that. Abraham loved Ishmael. Yeah. And so, and I can, you know, if you're in a step family, there's always some kind and of God, weird separation. And God did too. Yeah, he did. But we're looking at this from how we see. we're dealing with it from where we're at here. And so uh, he 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 was torn he didn't know what to do. And he, he had the promise in his head, too. He knew all that. Well, God intervenes, and he says, yeah, you need to send them out. Listen to your wife on this one. And,
0: uh, and you can say, yeah, you should always listen to your wife. Well, the problem is he had two of them. Well, and he listened to Sarah in the first place. It got him into that spot in the first
1: place. Yeah, Sarah's the one. I mean, started, and who knows why? Then know that matters. What I'm getting at is, though, is God intervened and said, yes, you need to send them out. And he really didn't get in any deep. he did say i'm going to make a great nation out of them uh, but he didn't really go into this or at least in the scriptures about how i'm going to take care of them what's going to deal with them all that he just gave him some little food and water and said okay sorry you got to hit the road man that had to have been a tearing mm-hmm. action and what i'm getting at is, is on the outside of that people might have been looking at abraham and sarah and going god would never ask you to do something because if he turned around and said well god told me to send them out man that would have been a no way that is not how god works
0: (laughs) yeah well and 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 so it really comes down to for me the the scriptures are chock full my life is chock full of things where god has said do this or do that and it's been clear and plain whether it's from the scriptures or from the scriptures and the spirit bearing witness or whatever and i've had people say he doesn't do that or he's not gonna and it's well-meaning yeah well when my when we took our first church um i look back and i don't know if we should have done that or not but i felt like the spirit was leading us there was a small group of people we were 19. yeah tammy was pregnant with austin and we were headed 500 miles away from home and uh, they had a small group of people saying go get them you know this is what you gotta do and a large much larger group going yeah i'm not sure you should do that and i don't know at this point in time really i don't know if maybe one of them was right or wrong but the fact of the matter is is i felt like the lord was leading me in a way and i and i do believe he because there were some things that transpired out there that even in you know 29 years yeah. in i i still are very formative in in my spiritual walk um but it was hard loading up that you know, 26-foot (laughs) U-Haul and a pregnant wife and blazing a trail. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Um, Because of what people are saying. And I bet it was hard for Peter going back to the council saying Cornelius' whole household and everybody he brought over received the Spirit. All of these people he'd been doing ministry with. It wasn't, you remember, he was, some of these cats he'd walked with Jesus with. Yeah. It wasn't just like, this is this is james you know and 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 john and those guys were there and who else knows who all was there was the council and to feel that weight of i'm not so sure you know that's hard it is hard and it's
1: not really condemning on them because god didn't tell them that he told you right and and that's the discipline we're talking about and i think god builds us up to places where we can do that i have a, a similar story many moons ago when i was really getting discipled and learning things about the kingdom i lived in austin and i was a policeman and god told me move to east texas told me two years before i actually did it i didn't want to come deal with my family There's, there's a much longer story in all this stuff but in the end uh circumstances got driven down to a point i quit my job like i knew i was supposed to but i didn't want to come down here and uh uh so i i I pulled all my retirement out to start a business because I was justifying on the fact I had all these ministries going and there was lots of fruit in it and yada, yada, yada. But I knew what I was supposed to do. But I was telling God, "I, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, now's not the time. So anyway, we ended up moving and it was really ugly. So fast forward a few years and it was good. That was supposed to happen. All those things. Maybe we'll talk about that sometime. So fast forward a few years, I'm sitting at my desk at, at, at my work that I'd been a long time, and things were successful, and things were going well, and, and uh, ministry was going well. And uh, a pastor that we knew was moving off to San Antonio area to, to start a church. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, good for you, and, and we're, we're behind you. And God said, you're going to go help start that church one day. I'll never forget it. I was sitting at my desk doing stressing over something. And it just dropped on me. Well, I would love to tell you that I was disciplined to do that, but it was more like because I knew what I went through the first time when I knew what I was supposed to do. You're motivated by fear and not by discipline? Yeah, but it was in a good way. I was joyously doing it. I stopped what I was doing. I got up and walked in my boss's office, and I said, "Don't." he's a Christian man. I said, I don't know if you're going to understand what I'm fixing to tell you, but I got to leave. Yeah. And uh, uh, the reason that's kind of significant is because they were depending on, you know there was about to be a big up ramp and I was gonna be part of it anyway. Uh, and same story. My family and everybody in our church world thought we were absolutely and completely insane. Yeah. But I had disciplined myself to a point to where I just kept looking at him because I knew what I was supposed to do and I did it. I didn't, I drug my family the whole nine yards. Yeah, and uh, uh, that, that's just an example of there was a point where he
0: trained me I could have told him no I could have drug it out well and I've, I've encountered that and, and in this text that we're in 1 Corinthians 2 and we won't finish it today we'll have to is, is really what he's getting at is that And it, I, well, look at verse 10 he says now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit and he's talking about listening identifying this mysterious things that are out there and, and no one learning to, do, to learning. look and it's learning and it's learning, learning to look I wish it just came boom all uh, you know at one time but it doesn't I mean I, I know there have been a a couple of times even in this ministry where it was difficult or things weren't going well or whatever and I was about to hang it up and just like we're gonna shut the website down I'm not I'm gonna close all of it out I'm not gonna do it anymore and I really knew that wasn't what I was supposed yeah. to do, but it was just things weren't working out the way I thought they would have.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and one time in particular there's actually a guy I worked with in a totally random, unrelated, he just calls me one day and we're not that close, but he calls wanting to know about the ministry. He was writing a paper or something. So we're having this little interview and he corporately, he goes into corporations and helps them organize and do things, but he's a believer. And uh, we just got to talking, and he was like, man, I got some thoughts for you. Let me put them together, and I'll call you back in a couple of days. So he did. And he called and gave me some advice and some direction. And he was like, I want you he goes, maybe as I think it's from the Spirit, but test it, whatever. And we just prayed about it together for a few days. And it just cleared up mm. everything. And I was able to hear what God was saying. And even though it wasn't practically, Everything wasn't solved, but I got a vision for where we needed to go. Yeah. And it took time to, to filter all that out, but it was that going, okay, I know how I'm feeling about all this stuff over here that's happening, but I also know what's true. And that's what he's priming them here for in 1 Corinthians yeah. chapter 2. Um, yeah. And as I was telling you, when we merged churches, that was the, a real similar thing. I, I knew that's what God had said to do, but there were a thousand reasons immediately why this is a crazy idea and and people saying well nobody does that that's not how it's done and blah 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 yeah. and i'm like and so we had to determine that we understand that but that god says do sean said well i go with jonah and nineveh you know i mean you just have to have the discipline to do and to follow um and tim always says it too in those moments what do you do and i was we were talking beforehand so somebody may be out there going all right all right i hear what you're saying how do you do that i don't know well i think some of that's individual it is so, what, what i was going to say before you jump off is what you always say is that's when we were talking about you got to keep your face on him you got to keep looking yeah. to him that's not a euphemism
1: no it's not
0: it's it's not a it's not a platitude of Christian ease. it's prayer it's studying the word it's fellowship with discerning mature believers of helping you work through those things and asking the questions what is it that god is saying what is it that he's revealing what is it that he's doing and just hanging on till you get that answer oh man or you may not get it and you just well no the the hanging on is
1: you that's the tenacious part and that's actually building something you might not get the answer but man if you're now, I guess the contrast to that that I want to we can try to part with here is when you go, how am I supposed to do something? And you start looking at how everybody else is doing it, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But that's rule-driven, no matter what, how you driven, look at it. Because God does respond to you. Or at least he has with me. And sometimes he's responded and I see things, or even in scriptures I'll see things, like when he told... When he told him, yeah, send Hagar and and, uh, Ishmael out. Again, from looking at it at the pictures, we can look at that and get that. But put yourself in his place. I mean, that... (laughs) Well, and, 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 the, and like I said, you, you get the people that go, there's no way that God is doing that or is that. Well, or Mount,
0: Mount Moriah, when he's, God said, take Isaac up there and sacrifice him. There's an old show in the, in the 90s, like, homie said, what? What are you talking about? You want me to go sacrifice my kid? God doesn't work that way.
1: Well, and that's actually a good example because by the time in Abraham's walk, that, man, that fits perfect in this. He had disciplined himself towards God's thinking to put it in those terms, I guess. He didn't even, he didn't flinch. He said, go sacrifice Isaac up there. He loaded a pack of wood on his son and said, start walking. And off they went. Yeah. Because it says in Hebrews that Abraham reasoned. <laughs> this, yeah. Not worldly wisdom, spiritual wisdom. Right. Reasoned in his mind that God could raise him from the dead. Whoa,
0: man. Yeah that that oh well and and that takes us really back to our text um I, i look at verse eight he says none of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom because if they had known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory and
1: i would tell you when it says we would quickly read that and say those are the sinners and the unbelievers not necessarily
0: no, they were the that was the church folk of the day. Yeah. That was the ones who were yeah. had patterned their whole life around pursuing God, even though it was Pharisaical. That's what they were doing.
1: And I'm not saying <laughs> you could go, you're telling me not to trust any of my church leadership or
0: anything. No, 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 I'm no. I'm no, no. telling you that. <laughs> well, following God is not one size fits all. No. And we can leave it with that I guess yeah. today, but it, it's like when Jesus is going to go heal people, Worldly thinking would say, well, he would never just stick his fingers in somebody's ear and make them heal, but he did. And the, the worldly thinking would say, <laughs> surely he wouldn't spit in their eye and make a mud pie to heal them, but he did. Um, you know, And so yeah. if you find yourself even internally saying things like, well, God wouldn't do it that way. That's a major red flag. The little hairs on the back of your neck need to stand up and be like, wait a second, maybe he would. And, and we do it with Brenna all the time. We've had people declare to us, God would not. And they have problems with Psalm 139. They have a problem with the sovereignty of God knitting her together in the, in the womb because God wouldn't do it that way. And I can take them to the scriptures and prove to them that he would
1: if he wanted to. And that kind of brings us down to the same old thing that people say all the time spend time in the scriptures because over time you will be able to start associating things like that and the spirit uses that if you don't do it and you have the capacity to do it if you don't have the capacity to read or have bibles or any of that that's really unheard of in our culture and where we are here but there are places where that's true that's a different deal yeah one's willful ignorance and the other's not and that's part of the discipline thing maybe uh and you may be convinced because we're sitting here and we're associating places of scriptures that maybe you've read maybe you haven't read maybe you'll go read those chapters and see what that means to you but you got to spend time in the scripture and it will start you'll start gathering that stuff like crazy being able to see things not as sophisticated reason men but being able to see things as God is working in that. And so when somebody says, God told me to do whatever, and 90% of the people in the room, Christian, unchristian, church, unchurch, go, nah. And you have some time with God and you have some reference. You can sit
0: back and maybe go, well, I don't know if it
1: is or not, but I could see it happening. <laughs> That's well, the difference.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with a great, a very practical example. There's a place, and I don't mind calling it by name, down in Madisonville, Texas, called House of Hope. And it is mm-hmm. a ministry for men who uh, are homeless or addicted to drugs or whatever. If you commit to the program, it takes a year. And uh, we've been down there. I know the guy that runs it, um, and there are aspects of it. When you walk into it, you're like, oh, my goodness, there's no way, you know, whatever. Or the way that he does things with businesses and how they go to work and make money, you, you can look, really easy look at it and be like, that's not how this is supposed to work. But I know this right now, I know two men who went through the program completely debauched by this world. Yeah, And both of them are pastors now. Hmm. And both of them, right now, if I picked up the phone and it was like, I'm in, I'm in deep and I need your help, whatever it took them to get here, they'd be here. And the fruit like that, you say, well, God wouldn't do it that way, but he did. Yeah. And so it's all around us. And it's, our encouragement is, just in this first few verses, and I, I think maybe we'll finish it up next time too, is he says, I'm coming at you and I'm not coming at you so that your worldly thinking will be appeased and explained i'm coming at you with a very simple godly wisdom and he goes on to say to to jump ahead if you're not looking at it spiritually you're not even going to understand it." yeah you,
1: you say well i you're don't see things spiritually. well that's what we're trying to tell you that is built yes to keep time. pursuing that and there's certain disciplines read your bible Things yeah. like that.
0: And if you don't know how to study your Bible, haha. <laughs> um, at 8 o'clock in the morning, we'll be at the Bridge Fellowship Church. Was doing was cheesy. I know, but it, was, but it was good. It was a program. <laughs> um, we're doing our, our how to study the Bible. And it's it's 8 to 1. We'll feed you lunch. And I know it's, it sounds like I'm just doing a commercial, but the scriptures say that the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they searched the scriptures diligently daily to see if what they were hearing was actually true and the scriptures themselves put a high value on you being able to search the scriptures for yourself yes. there's not a pastor in the world worth his salt that wouldn't be tickled for every member of his church to know how to study and to dig in and even check what he says yeah um and, and, if he, and if that bothers him then i probably got issues with him but uh there's not one in that I've ever met that would just be like, man, I hope my people don't learn to study their scriptures. I've never met that guy that I trusted. Yeah. And so if you're free tomorrow, we'd love to have you. Um, Sean, did you put that in the comments, by any chance? It's in the comments. Um, you can look there. It's uh, cruciblespireorg forward slash register. And all that is is to make sure we have enough food for you for lunch. We'll provide all the materials. All you got to do is show up 8 o'clock. What did I say? forward slash registration my production manager corrected me and look in the comments don't trust me or just go to our website there's a big banner that says register for the workshop um we appreciate you guys we thank you um we are crowdfunded i like to use that term um but uh so if you ever want to pray about supporting the ministry you can also go to our website hit the donate button we'd appreciate that and uh but we'll we'll finish this up next time Pray for us tomorrow. It'll be a good day, and then next weekend, Friday evening and Saturday, we're going to be at Crossbrand Cowboy Church in Lindale at the Horsegate Pastors Conference. Um, if you'd like to go to that, um, you go to our go to my Facebook page. There's it's all over the place, or to Cross Brand uh, Cowboy Church. Um, I think the tickets are like fifteen bucks. Anybody can go. It's not just for pastors. They've opened it up to the public. I found out yesterday mm-hmm. um, because there's some seats left, and so I think it's like fifteen bucks uh tony evans's daughter speaking um jeremiah johnston not jeremiah johnson the weirdo but jeremiah johnston with a t (laughs) he's he's very clear he wants to make that that differentiation but uh it's going to be a good time we're going to be there setting up a booth would love to see you we'll have our ministry stuff there trying to reach out and share with pastors um i guess that's it you got anything else Well,
1: i'm going to pull out one stop you wake up in the morning and decide you want to come to this thing? Come anyway. Come anyway. That's right. And we'll dig something out to feed you if we don't have enough yep. or whatever. Do not buy, let that stop I'll you from you coming. I'll buy
0: a chicken sandwich down at the store if we have to. Yeah. Um, but we've got plenty of food. We really do. And so if you do, you wake up and you want to go. Uh, it, it's not hard. I've had Oh, everything... No,
1: it's, it's a student center, too. It's yeah, not it's at the at main the student building. Center,
0: not at the main building. We'd love to see you. And I've seen um, 85-year-old women do this program, and I've seen teenagers do it and uh, and succeed at it so if you think you can't do it you're mistaken we'd love yeah. to see you uh y'all guys have a great weekend yeah man come out and see us tomorrow go to your church on sunday uh support your pastor pray for him. pray for your elders and your leadership and uh hug their neck and tell them it's going to be okay because they don't always believe it and i know yeah. that because i've been one <laughs> so, yeah they don't know. love you guys talk to you later have a great weekend